Well, you're still alive, so obviously it's not over. You have nothing to complain about right now. You're just, oh, you're tired or you're sore? Like, you should be grateful to be sore. Like, get your fucking ass up. I used to put my opponent's picture on the ceiling. So when I'd wake up, I'd see them like, you don't want to get up and go run right now? It's like, I'm fucking... I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. How I first came about you, I think I was watching the Joe Rogan podcast, and then I started seeing a bunch of clips. I seen you on the interview with Patty. And then I just really wanted to sort of um, bring you on. We A lot of our audience are sort of people that are sort of in the business world, marketing, entrepreneurship. So I definitely want to sort of dig into the mindset side of things. But yeah, I really appreciate your time today, Kevin. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I really, I look forward to speaking to people from different uh, backgrounds and uh, lives that I, I don't typically talk to. You know, a lot of times I talk to fighters and athletics and stuff like that. So it's, it's always nice to... Uh, communicate with someone on a different realm and different spectrum because it's all correlates mindset and mentality and work ethic and all, all the stuff goes across all all platforms so it's nice i totally agree and i think mindset's something that i really want to dig into because your stories is pretty crazy and, and i've seen a lot of clips you're like really real and raw with it you talk about how like you know this journey it's it's not easy it's it's tough um, it, it might look easy on the outside and it might look like an overnight success, but people don't see the, the tough journey that you have to go through to get to success. Yeah, it's definitely good to uh, communicate that to people so they understand what it really, really comes with. And that as, as hard as and difficult as it is, people can do it too if they just put in the work and refuse to give up. And a lot of those things that seem unattainable aren't that way. They, they're just really difficult. Kevin, to give a bit of background for me and our audience, give us a quick sort of rundown on, on your story, um, Kevin. <laughs> I, know that. I don't know if I'm going to give you a quick one. Um, so I'll see if I can. I'll sum it up as best I can. Um, was born into a very uh, affluent family. My father was in real estate. Um, so my parents were married. Um, I had a, a brother, two sisters, kind of the typical American dream um, lifestyle, which um, as I was growing up, I assumed that was just the way that life was and the way that it was going to be uh, and remained to be that way. But then when I was eight years old, my, my parents got divorced. And then I went from living in uh, this very kind of wealthy privileged lifestyle to the complete opposite uh, growing up um, on welfare, living in a basement uh, bedroom with five other people, uh, constantly moving, getting ripped out from school to school and place to place, never having money, never having anything. So really got to see the both sides of that, that spectrum. And that just kind of continued on until 94, was when we moved to Vegas and then uh, that was finally the place where we stayed put because we were moving every six months to a year to two years I don't think we ever stayed anywhere longer than than a couple of years so um, once I got there um, I had already been kind of driven towards you know uh, just being a rebellious youth and fighting against all that but once Vegas is just it's like pouring gasoline on a fire, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a good place to be if that, if you're more inclined to that kind of lifestyle. So really, I really just got sucked up into that party and drinking every day. I mean, by the time I was 18, I was pretty much a full blown alcoholic. 
Um, so yeah, that almost, almost destroyed me and destroyed a lot of, a lot of my friends, a lot of people I came up with didn't make it. And when I was 23 is when I decided to turn my life around, started Muay Thai, quit drinking and just dedicated every aspect of myself to that sport. And then, uh, did that for 20 years. That was 20 years ago. So that's a summary of it all for you. Did you have that drive before that parting phase were you born with it you think or did it get triggered uh the drive to party um no they're just a drive for life just like the strong no i i i was kind of the exact opposite i was i became very much victim-minded where i didn't think there was or, or a possibility of any other alternative future so i it just accepted the way that life was and everything that it had to offer and felt like I didn't have a say in any of it. So it didn't matter how, if I worked hard, it didn't matter what I did because uh, through my childhood, what, what kept happening was every time I would get comfortable or every time things would seem to be going in the right direction, uh, things would just get ripped up and turned upside down. So eventually I just kind of gave into that mindset that this is the way life is. You're not going to have anything. You're not going to be anything. You don't deserve anything. And I just accepted that and kind of almost embraced that that's aspect of life where it's like, I don't give a fuck about anything, you know, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to live every day. Like, like it's my last in a negative way, but eventually I was able to turn that into a, I realized that I still had a choice in which direction I could point that I could, I could live every day. Like it's my last in a positive way instead of living every day like it's my last and nothing matters and I don't give a shit. Um, and once I was able to make that distinction in my mind and realize that I did have a choice to make, uh, you know, it didn't, I didn't have a choice on these things that happened in my life, but I, have, I had a choice on what I wanted to do with it. Once I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't pretend anymore. Like I wasn't in control of what I was doing, how I was responding to these negative things in my life because I was so focused on the negativity and, and the event that happened, not taking accountability and what I could do with that and that I, I did have a choice and in, in which direction I wanted to point that energy. Uh, and as I said, once, once that kind of clicked in my head, I couldn't, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror any longer realizing how much of my life I had wasted. Um, you know, actually one of my best friends had passed away when I was, when I was really young, he was 18 and, uh, when he passed away, he was the one I, I promised that I would go after this dream I had of fighting. Um, he was actually born with a heart defect and he didn't get to live. And that really kind of set in how, how much of my life I had wasted. And he didn't get to live. And I made that promise that I would go after this dream of mine because I was, the only reason I wasn't going after this in reality was I was just afraid, you know, it was fear that was keeping me down. It wasn't, it wasn't all of these uh, things that I could point to, uh, even though they were, they were, they were what I rationalized as, well, I'm too old. I'm too poor. I'm, I'm too skinny. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not that kind of person. You know, it's easy to see me now and think I've always been this way. I, I was the complete opposite, very shy, very quiet. I mean, I, I'm pretty quiet now, but I used to just never say a word to anyone ever. I'd be like zipped shut, um, you know, very self-destructive and, and all of those things. Uh, but again, I, once I took that accountability and um, the choices that I did have uh, and how I responded to these situations, 
it really clicked something in my brain to where I couldn't, I couldn't pretend anymore. Like I didn't have a choice, you know? And it was like, it was almost like putting a mirror up in front of my face or like someone sitting on my shoulder, like you got a choice. You're making the choice. At least, at least acknowledge that you are making that choice, you know, which, which I think is, is a vital thing. All of us need to do it. It's hard though. And a lot of times, unfortunately, you have to go through some really bad stuff till eventually you just finally make that switch. When you sort of made that switch after one of your best friend passed away, was it like you just signed up to the nearest kickboxing gym and just started hitting the bags every week and, and that's what the next day looked like? No, no, not at all. So um, I had actually gone to the gym to ask them about signing up um, probably three or four years prior when I was um, – I think 16 is, is when I did 16 or 18. I don't, I don't really recall. I went down to the gym. I talked to them about signing up. Then when I found out how expensive it was going to be, not to mention the fact that I would have, I knew I would have to give up my party and lifestyle and like turn everything around. But I, I let the, the cost of it be my rationalization is like, well, I, I can't afford it. So what's the point? And then I left feeling like, Oh, at least I tried. You know, so, uh, but the good thing is I, I had already gone to the place. I already already found the place. Like if I'm going to do this, that's where I'm going to go. Um, so then, yeah, my friend passed away. And um, um, after he did, I promised that I was going to go after this. But unfortunately, his passing really sent me right off the edge. You know, I was already I was already in a really bad down spiral. But that that just threw everything to a whole nother level. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, it took me almost four years to come out of that hole um, that I went into a lot of near death experiences. And as I said, friends passing away. So eventually going into, going into 2003, I made it my new year's resolution. I was like, I can't ignore this anymore. You know, I, I was like, if my friend was still alive, he would fucking kill me. I promised him when he passed away that I would live my life for the both of us. And not only did I not do that, I'm doing the exact opposite. And again, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't ignore the fact that I was doing that any longer. The first week of January, 2003, I got into the gym and started training with 100% of my focus was to get into the ring. That was the only reason I was doing this. So I didn't, I didn't go there and just screw around and take some classes. You know, I, I started taking private lessons right away, training every single day. Like every day was, when can I fight? When can I fight? When can I fight? During this period from like 2018 to like 2003, I meant 1998 to 2003, were you sort of working at the time, saving up money, or did you just go all in and just kickbox full time? <laughs> yeah no i didn't have any money i was working here and there just to pay the bills you know I, I was actually a caricature artist on the strip in vegas um that was that was my main job um and i was going to school at the time as well i was i was going to art school getting my computer animation degree um and so i was two years into my degree when i started training <laughs> i was like i don't want to go to school anymore <laughs> I just want to fight. but uh it was important for me to at least graduate because I didn't graduate high school, you know, and there, there were so many things that I just gave up on in my life that I knew for even just, even if I didn't do anything with that degree, it was important for me to finish that. It was something that I started. It was something that I wanted to do. Um, and I knew, I knew it was important for me to finish. So I did, I did end up finishing graduating 
um, I was going to school and working and training every day, which was hard. I mean, it was, I'd get up at like five o'clock in the morning, go for my runs do 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 some of my exercises. Then I'd go to school for about four hours. Then I'd go to work for like six hours. Then I'd go train for the rest of the night. And that's, that's what I did for the first two years until I graduated. Then, then it was all I did was train from that point forward. Um, I actually moved into the gym, uh, stopped working. I was like, this is, this is everything. I have to put everything. I, I lived in a closet in the gym for three years. So I knew this was an all or nothing thing for me. I didn't, I knew how far behind I was and how late I had started the country I was coming from, all these factors that were already working against me. I knew that I had no room for error. I couldn't, couldn't take sidesteps around anything. I couldn't half-ass it. I mean, everything was like foot to the pedal, 100%. Anything that's taken away from this is out of my life. I can't do it. And I just dedicated myself fully to this, committed fully to this, and uh, almost had blinders on to everything else. Where do you think that um, kickboxing dream initially came from? Like, what was it about kickboxing against all the other different martial arts? Yeah, so it was actually Muay Thai, which is like kickboxing, but um, I had always really loved fighting. I always loved martial arts. Ironically, I was, I hated violence. I've always hated violence. Like, I hate seeing people hurt and upset angry at each other i hated that aspect of it when i when i saw like boxing fights i realized that it didn't have to be an emotional thing it could be a a, a sporting thing a competitive thing and it's yes it's a very violent thing but you don't have there doesn't need to be emotions involved in that it doesn't need to be i don't need to hate you in order to fight you and hurt you and beat you um, and so i was that's always intrigued me ever since I was a kid. And I think because it was so polar opposite of the way that I was, I was very quiet, a very gentle, soft person. Um, you know, I was, I was very self-destructive, but never externally destructive. I didn't, I didn't like, I always hated, hated violence, but um, there was something that, that always intrigued me. Some of my friends, they would fight all the time. And even though I hated it, there was just something about it that really piqued my, like, like, I just thought it was amazing. Like how different that was than how I actually felt. And I was like, well, I wonder what that's like to do that. <laughs> and then when I saw people in the ring, I'm like, you're standing up there. It's just you and another person. Everyone's watching you and you're in a fight. That's just like so different than any other sport, any other thing I could think of. So I was always drawn to it. I was always an athletic person ever since I was a kid, but I hated team sports like with a passion. I love to play sports. I love to compete. I just didn't like to get on a team and have to rely on other people. You know, I hated the fact that I could work as hard as I could work and somebody else didn't. And then we would lose because they, they weren't uh, doing their thing. And I, obviously that's why I was so drawn to fighting because it's, it's all on you. You know, if you don't do the work, it's, it's going to show. So, yeah. And then when, when we moved to Vegas in 94, 95, I was actually up late one night watching ESPN at like two o'clock in the morning. And they used to show all these old kickboxing, karate, forms, competitions, things like that, which I always loved. I mean, I've always loved any kind of athleticism, regardless of I, like, I love to watch fencing just because I think it's just amazing to see. Uh, what that all entails and you know how difficult it is so 
this one night, they just happened to show a Muay Thai fight. I'd never heard of Muay Thai. I'd never seen Muay Thai. Um, and, and prior to that, I always thought about boxing, but I loved martial arts, as I said. But I never saw any kind of fighting that was martial arts like boxing. You know, you would see the forms competitions or the point sparring and that kind of thing. Not not the same thing that you would see with like a really brutal boxing fight. And then when right when these guys started fighting, I just was like, this is everything that I've been looking for. This is it. If I'm ever going to do it, I'm going to do this. You know, even though I didn't start for almost a decade, I knew that if I was ever going to do it, that it was going to be Muay Thai. And something about it just spoke to me. Something about the the rawness of it, the the violence of it, yet the the beauty of it. It's, it's something so pure about that sport to me, compared to all the others. I love I love all fighting. You know, I love any kind of physical competition. Um, but something about Muay Thai is so far above and beyond any other kind of fighting to me. It's and, and even I, I've fought in a lot of different disciplines, but there's just nothing that can even come close to it to me. That's crazy. I think just watching certain fighters, like for example, just leaded my mind, but you can see some fighters where they treat the sport like an art, like Floyd Mayweather. Like he's like yeah. really particular with it. It's like an art form for him. He isn't like aggressively trying to like beat and overcome the person. He's so calculated. He's sort of in flow state and he's just trying not getting hit and like some people treat it like an art and you could see it, whereas others are just like aggressively, like they're putting all their willpower, they're aggressively pushing through. And there's like, it feels like, yeah, it's, you can see the difference a bit, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's something that, that is much more prevalent in Muay Thai specifically. It, it's a much more kind of a spiritual style of fighting. I mean, it comes from Thailand, very spiritual people, Buddhist people and, um, that's kind of ingrained in the culture uh, of the sport and the art of it. And it's one of the fighting uh, arts that is based more out of martial arts than just the fighting where like boxing and MMA, you know, you, you don't really have as much of that martial arts mentality towards it, but like you do in uh, Muay Thai. And that's just something that's really at the, at the core of a, of a lot of people that, do this sport is it's more than just the physical aspect of it but that's why i think it is so beautiful and, and why i love it so much is is because of that piece of it you know it's i think it sets it apart from other fighting arts when you sort of say it's spiritual is it you're sort of really feeling your opponent's energy is it more flowy is it more this yeah be, yeah because i mean the physical aspect of it is just one part of it there's so much more going on that can't be described you know, it, it might not, you can feel it and you can kind of see it, but you, you can't even necessarily explain it. And you can only really, like when someone else does that, like when I talk to another fighter, like they, it's like you have this unspoken communication. Like, you know what that is. You know what that feels like. It, and it's, it's the day in, the day out, grinding, pushing yourself, just suffering. It's like you're connecting through the suffering of it and the pain of it and the difficulty of it because you know if you're doing it too you know what they're going through you know what they're they've put themselves through you know what they've given up and dedicated themselves to there's there's so many things that just don't need words to explain what they are but if you don't do it you couldn't really communicate that wow 
Do you think it comes from that people who do it, they do it out of love? It's sort of like a thing that people want to do in Thailand. It's you don't get paid that well, so you know it's not for the money. It's just all for the art, and as a result, there's this mutual respect where everyone knows they're doing it because they love it. For sure. I mean, when I started, it was certainly that way because people had no idea what it was. You couldn't even, you couldn't even explain it to people without saying it's like kickboxing or it's like. I don't know anything else, but nobody knew what it was. And then with the prevalence of MMA and everything, people started to understand it a little bit. But at the same time, that kind of skewed it as well, because now they view the Muay Thai in MMA as like that's Muay Thai, where it's not. It's just they use pieces of it. So um, yeah, there, there were. I think that's one thing that I love so much about it was. It was so beyond what people knew and understood, and it was so under the radar. The only reason you would do this sport is because you love to do it. Like you <laughs> nobody knows what it is. You're not making any money, that's for sure. And and what it takes to actually do it and be good at it, you're just like killing yourself for this thing. Like you're paying to fight, basically. And the only reason you're gonna do that is is if you love it. We're nowadays where it's it's a little more prevalent, a little more popular. It's not always such an unknown thing when you find someone that does the sport, like, oh, they're doing this only because they love it. Like there's a lot more, especially with social media and everything else. But that comes with the growth of anything. It's not unique to Muay Thai. Anything that, that grows and gets bigger and gets more popular, you're going to get those aspects of it. What do you think is unique about Muay Thai compared to the other martial arts that drew you to Muay Thai? I don't actually know. It, it, there was just, as I said, when I first saw it, something about it spoke to me. So I couldn't say, well, it was this or that aspect of it because I didn't know about those aspects of it. I didn't know about the history and the culture and you know, the, any of the fights, really. It was just that first fight. It just something about it, the energy of it, as I said, the brutality of it, the beauty of it. It seemed like nothing I'd ever seen before. And as I said, I came up watching fighting. I loved all kinds of fighting, boxing, MMA, everything else. Um, but this was just something different, so different to me than anything else I'd ever seen. When you sort of talk about that duality, the sort of how you're really shy, but then you you hated violence, but then you really wanted to do this. But the, the thing that came to my mind instantly is, Mike Tyson, like you've, I've seen him on all these podcasts recently and he's this sort of vulnerable, kind, sort of like big bear that, that you just want to hug. And his past, he was like a savage when he was younger. And he even, he's, he's, he struggles to watch his younger self. And it's crazy how he's telling, you know, now he's sort of telling that back then he was actually really, really scared. He was like a scared person despite seeming like this undefeatable sort of giant. Yeah, that's the really interesting thing about fighting and learning people's stories that do compete and do fight because um, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not like everyone has this certain background or this certain personality type. Uh, very, I mean, it, it goes across the spectrum. Everyone has a different reason, a different motivation. Some people are driven by fear. Some people are driven by passion and love and but you got to be driven by something, especially to get in the ring. You got to be a little, little off. Um, but it's not just, there's no one way, you know? And I, th I, I think that's why I, I, another aspect that I love so much about fighting is so many different 
personality types, so many different cultures, so many different people from all over the world come together in this thing that they love so much and we can all share it. We can all communicate it with each other. That's the one beautiful thing about uh, any fighting gym or martial arts gym. It strips away all those exterior labels we put on each other with race, religion, uh, our financial status. Like none of that matters anymore. It's like, are you doing the work? You know, are you putting yourself out there? Are, are you training hard? I don't care who you are. Uh, are you are you respecting me? I'm going to respect you. You're like, And then that has to be earned daily you're not just given that just because you show up at a gym you're like oh you're in a gym you get to have it like you have to earn your respect um, but as long as you show that you're willing to do the work uh, that's all it is so you know i there's so many people that shy away from it because they think they need to be a certain type of individual or have a certain type of personality in order to be in a gym or to become a fighter like i'm the complete opposite of that prototypical person it might not seem that way but I'm, I'm i'm the very quiet keeps to myself not aggressive not violent in any way uh, and i think that that's also the thing that kept me from it from so long because i didn't feel like i was that person that that prototypical fighter that you see i was like i'm not that how am i going to do this i'm not that person but eventually you realize like all that is just external reasons you're giving yourself not to do this you either have to do it or don't do it don't pretend like you're not this person or you're going to do it or you're not going to do it It has nothing to do with any other factor that's it are you going to do it or are you not going to do it you have a choice to make make that choice and realize you are making that choice so that was one of those uh pivotal moments having to face that and understand that but that really set the groundwork for so many things in my life moving forward was understanding that you have a choice it doesn't matter if you're afraid it doesn't matter how difficult it might seem to be are you going to do this or are you not are you going to go left or are you going to go right there's no in between and by not making a decision you are making a decision so you don't get to you don't get to sit this one out so by not making a decision you're, you're choosing to go in a certain direction right so in, in that aspect in that simplification of so many things i was facing doesn't make it easier but it simplifies it and because it's simpler you realize it's easy in the regard of it's left or it's right you know it doesn't make the difficulty any less but you know that it's one or the other and once i started applying that to things in my life it really just changed my perspective and my outlook on, on almost everything Interesting. Are there certain ways you've implemented that mindset to your daily life now of like simplifying things to decisions and that? Because sometimes I'm given two decisions and it's like, I don't know which one to choose. And then obviously in the end, I just pick one and it works out. But like, I still sort of like, I'm just looking at these two options and like, they're both good. I don't know. This is long term, short term. And I'm like trying to juggle between the two decisions. I'm like, I'm wasting time. Just pick one. Yeah. Yeah. It can be tough, especially when it isn't very clear or you have two things that seem almost exactly similar. When it comes down to it, you got to recognize that every single thing in life has a spectrum of good and bad um, and uh, difficulty and ease. And no, ma no matter what you do in life, it's going to be difficult and everything comes with something. Everything comes with a cost by choosing a certain lifestyle, by not putting yourself out there, by staying suppressed in a way you're, you're paying a cost. It might not be obvious, like the cost of doing something difficult, but long-term, 
uh, you're paying much more of a cost. And um, I think th that can help with your decision-making, that understanding that so often we, it's so easy to point to the things that are going to be difficult. You know, it's like, it's like when we point to the things that are great in life, like, oh, I wish I had a money and I wish I had all this stuff. Be like, yeah, but you don't wish you did that work that it comes with. You don't wish you dealt with the pain that it comes with, the effort that it comes with, the sacrifice that it comes with. We just take this one piece of the puzzle and we, we fixate on it, not understanding the whole spectrum there where, where everything has that. Um, and I think if we all understood that more, we'd, we'd probably get, get along a little bit better and understand life a little bit more. But as far as like, you know, when you're dealing with two things that are so similar, sometimes you do just have to make a choice. Cause as I said, both sides have good and bad to them. There's no, we think there's always a right and a wrong direction. Like right and wrong is, is very subjective. Um, and, and you don't even, it's like the, the saying of life can only be understood in reverse, but you have to live it forwards. Like you're never going to know till the end, till your last breath, then you can look back and say, okay, this and that was good. But even in that situation, it's not like you can live two roads at the same time and then decide which one was better. Each one of them comes with its own thing. And, and every step you take branches off to a million other steps that you take. Um, so when it comes down to it, you just got to put your foot down and start moving. That's the most important thing is I'd say is just to keep moving. I love that. What you just brought up. It's something I've been thinking about a lot over the last year, how every single time I say yes to something that opens up a million parts. So the more things you say yes to, the more things you meet, the more sort of opportunities you just create because you know, because I said yes to this, it then led to that. And then I got that. And because I got that, I got that person's attention. And it all because yeah. that initial thing five years ago. And because I said yes to going to that. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, very rarely do we actually look back on our lives and then kind of put all those pieces together. So we constantly face the same thing of like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But once you make a decision, everything is going to open up, you know, things are going to, the path starts to open up the more you walk down that path. You know, I, I like to equate everything to like training or lifting weights. It's like, you don't, you can't look at the end result and say, that's impossible. Is this next step? Can you make that next step? That's all you need to think about. That's all you need to focus on. Cause none of that stuff in the future even matters. If you can't even focus on this first step, all you gotta do is make that first step and then do it again and again and again and again. It's like these daily minute decisions we make ultimately lead to us being stronger or being weaker, but we get so fixated on the end result, uh, the difficulty of it, the impossibility of it, just can you get to the next step, you know, and then do the work. You know, when I, when I would face these people, um, constantly, especially like the first half of my career that, that were so far above me and had so much more experience than me and ability than me. And I mean, I really had no business being in there with them. And then when I would sit there, I'd be like, yeah, I don't have any business being in there with them, but it's like, what can you do to get closer to that point of, of being as good as you can be? You do the work, show up every day, push yourself day in, day out and day in and day out. And then when it finally comes time to go, then we'll see what happens. You know, but if I sit here now and I look to that thing in the future, it's like, oh, I can't do that. That's that's impossible. It's never going to happen. But what can you do right now? 
and most of the time we're so fixated on the things we can't do that we're not we're not taking accountability in the things that we can do you know what can you do today to get better and then what can you do the next day and the next day and even even moment to moment things like that even if it's just your mentality and mindset what are you doing right now to get closer to that goal or or farther away and the more that we can simplify those things and, and just look at that step in front of us the easier or the simpler it will be and once you start to chain all those steps together eventually you end up in a place you never thought you could, ever could have made it to looking back Kevin did you always have this sort of presentness this a way of thought ability to sort of zoom back and take a look at the bigger picture and see like no obviously obviously not when I, I wasted half of my life doing the opposite so because of that it get, it did give me perspective and it gave me a view of the whole spectrum of like both sides of life uh, rich and poor young and old and you know once you gain that perspective and as long as you uh, apply those things you you develop a lot of knowledge out of that and you know I, I especially if you put intention behind that and again when I, when I say how much of my life I wasted I, I really never thought I was going to live um, past 20 years old and then I actually almost got a, what would have been a fatal car accident going into the year 2000 ever since that happened I viewed everything from that point forward as extra credit like I'm not supposed to be here anyway so the question is what are you going to do what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with this time that you have? Uh, and that uh, so many things just changed in my life, in my perspective when that happened. I, I, I think I have a very unique view of life and reality and a lot of things because of that. I mean, I think mm-hmm. facing death and our mortality, a lot of things in failure, you know, and loss, difficulties, all, all these things can help you have a really good uh, perspective and help you in all our life. So unfortunately, we don't, we don't realize how much strength we can gain from really awful things that happen to us because we're so fixated on, on the pain and the difficulty. All those bad things, you can turn into some of your greatest strengths, but you have to do the work, you know, and you can't sit there in, in your suffering, say, and feel sorry for yourself. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that... That's the thing that that is so difficult because it is so understandable why people get stuck, why we all, we all get stuck. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't do that anymore. Like I'm just, I just got it now, you know, Uh, but understanding every time that it happens, like, all right, I know that I'm, I'm being a victim right now. Like, yeah, this thing happened, but what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit here and let it destroy you? Or you can use that as a motivation to use that as fuel, or you can use this to get better and not let that happen again or be in a stronger place when it does happen next time. It's not going to be so detrimental to you. And again, just like building strength, you, you got to start where you're at and start to build. And it's not something, it's not a place you ever get to. It's a, it's a process that you are always in to be stronger and to be better because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So there's no end game here. Like once I get to this point, now I'm a strong, successful, happy, well-adjusted person it's a it's all you're always in a process of it you know so and i think i think that aspect it can be frustrating but that's at the same time it can be very humbling knowing that we're all on that same journey i'm 
you know, it's like when it came to fighting for me, I, even now, I like I don't feel any different or better or more accomplished than someone that's just getting started on their first day. We're all on this journey. And in the infinite spectrum of things, we're, we're all beginners. You know, we're all just trying to be better, doing the same thing you're doing. I'm, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be better than I was yesterday. That's it. I, I've just done more and maybe had more experience, but I'm not, I'm not different than you. I'm not, I'm not a different thing. It's the same thing. We're just trying to, we're just trying to move, move the ball down the field a little bit farther. You got like amazing sort of perspective and gratitude for life because like I, try to practice being grateful for what I have. And, you know, I, I was born in a first world country. I'm, I'm really fortunate. Um, I, I, like technology, like there's so much like there to be grateful for compared to, you know, there's people in Africa, but you sort of live life as if it's just extra credit. That's like a whole new level of like gratitude. Yeah. I mean, I try, I try, I try to. You know, I, I try to have that uh, perspective on things. And I, I think it, with everything, you know, it's like, it's not to say when things happen, they're not all bad, bad things happen. Like, I don't feel them. Of course, I feel them. And I try to understand them a little bit more and process them maybe a little bit sooner, you know, by by simplifying them. And again, realizing that we always have a choice to make. I mean, if somebody's got a gun to your head, you got a choice to make whether you tell them to pull the trigger or not. You can't blame other people for the actions that you take, regardless of what they did. You have a ch you have a choice to make in everything that you do, and it's nobody else's fault. You can't blame anybody else. You can you can point to reasons that contributed to things that you do, but when it came down to it, you you did it. We did it. And the more that we can acknowledge that and understand that, I think that also helps you process a lot of those difficult things and, and, and does help with the, the opposite of that, with, with the gratitude, being grateful, trying to be grateful for the bad things that happen. That's what's hard for all of us to do is we can all be grateful when good things happen. But even in the bad times, what are you grateful for in this moment? You know, what, what do you have? You can point to what you don't have or what you wish you had, uh, but think of how much you have compared to those that, I mean, it's like you have a life that people wish they had, even in your worst day on earth. There's people that wish they had this life. There's people that would give up everything to have the life that you hate at the moment. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wish we all had constant perspective because it would really help so many things in life if we all had that reminder you know, like a daily reminder or a constant reminder of what we do have, what we don't have and, and the choices that we, we can make to change those things. Being in like a competitive space, there's sort of this like opposite effect of you're sort of grateful and you're happy of, of where you're at. You're sort of really confident in, in, and you're just grateful for everything you've achieved. But at the same time, you're constantly chasing for more. There's people that are way better than you, way ahead. And you're like, damn, I'm so behind. And it's this weird opposite. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it's, it's, it's a tricky thing because it's like when you do accomplish something, of course, you want to feel grateful and happy about it. But at the same time, it's like you're so far from where you want to be. You know, it, it was always really difficult for me to kind of bask in gratitude in the moment like yeah i'm grateful but i'm so far away from where i want to go everything's everything in life is about balance it's not one or the other it's it's a balance of everything and uh i think that understanding helps helps with a lot of stuff too 
it's like it's like with good and bad there's no good and bad there's a balance of both there's always a balance of both it's that yin yang aspect to everything and we're always in a spectrum of of everything it's like 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 you look at politics you got the left and the right there there's no left and right there's a, a spectrum in between and this person over here might think you're all the way over here but there might be that much farther over there that you're looking at that other person and uh you know it, you can apply that to just about everything that we as as humans do is everything's a as a spectrum almost an infinite spectrum but we try to oversimplify and put people into these boxes we put a lot of things into these boxes when they're not they're not really in a box it's a whole a gamut of everything one thing I'm, i've been thinking a lot about is when you sort of competing with elite performers everyone's putting in a lot of hours everyone's having a healthy diet everyone's sober so like how do you sort of differentiate yourself to get to the top or is there not a limit that the best actually put in more hours that than the others yeah yeah so again it's it's what are the things that you have control over because there are so many factors that maybe you don't like for myself it was like my age i didn't start fighting till i was i didn't even start training until i was 23 a lot of people retire in their in their 20s you know so i was getting started when a lot of people were retiring so i was like well i can't change that aspect of it <laughs> but I can, I can dedicate myself that much more. I can push myself that much harder. I can show up on the days that I don't want to show up. I can, I can find ways to continually improve even when I'm going through an injury. You know, it's like when I blew my knee out, a lot of times when we have injuries, we use that as a reason to stop doing stuff and to stop progressing, but we can always progress. Even if it's just our mentality, our perspective on things, like I say, I like to say, even if you're in a full body cast, you can always get better. You know, even if it's just your mind, you can always improve. But far too often, we we point to this again, this negative thing, whether it be an injury or loss, whatever, as a reason to stop moving forward. Not only not to stop moving forward, but we start moving backward. So it's always the question of what can I be doing right now to be better? You know, I might not be able to change the injury, the loss, the whatever, but there's something I can do even if it's just my perspective on that thing that happened. So that way I can strengthen myself through this really difficult time, this loss, this failure. How can I use this to improve? Or at least how can I use this not to get worse? That mindset is really what helped me progress the way that I did, knowing that I could always do something. There was always more work I could do. I could always push myself harder. I would always be looking for any avenue I could to get a little bit more of an edge. Like what, what are other people not doing? Cause it's too difficult or it's too painful or it's scary or whatever the case may be. I'm, I took all that out of my mind. Like whatever it is, I'm going to do it. I don't care how scary it is. I'm going to, I'm going to accept that pain. I'm going to accept that fear. I'm going to accept that anxiety. And I'm going to go forward anyway with all that, where again, a lot of people get stuck in those feelings interesting when you look at all like the greats like floyd mayweather michael phelps jordan kobe do you think it's dna they had a good upbringing it's predetermined that they had the right skill sets to get there or do you think anyone can sort of match the amount of hours they put in match the intense work ethic and be at the same situation uh it's both i would say certainly when you talk about the greats, like the greatest of all time, 
like the Mayweathers, the Jordans, the people like that. There is a combination of what they were born with and the work that they put in. In that aspect of it, yeah, only a handful of people are ever going to be that. But they couldn't be that if they didn't put the work in. So no matter what, no matter where you are in that spectrum, you have to put the work in. There, there's no shortcutting. Unfortunately, the people with that were born with the most tend to be the laziest because they don't appreciate the things that were they were born with because they didn't have to work for them. Where someone like myself was, I, I knew that I had to work harder than anybody else because I didn't have that maybe natural uh, athleticism. I wasn't a natural fighter, but I was willing to work harder than anybody else. I was willing to suffer and go through more pain than anybody else. The thing is, is we were all born with a certain percentage of all those aspects of what it takes to be successful. But what we don't often realize is there's always ways to make up for wherever you're lacking. You know, it's like just because you weren't born with X, Y, and Z doesn't mean you can't put more into this column over here to make up for those things. And once all those things build together, that's where you find success. And yeah, when you get someone that's willing to do the work, has that work ethic, and also has that natural ability, then yeah, you do get the greatest of all time. But just because you can't be the greatest of all time doesn't mean you can't be one of the greatest to ever do it. And what I realized very early on, so I lost my very first fight. Like I got the shit kicked out of me. I got destroyed. And up, up to that point, it was nine months of training. I was progressing so rapidly. You know, I thought to myself, this is what happens when you start to make the right decisions. You, you go towards your dreams. Everything's going to work out. It's going to be great. And this is the sky's the limit from here. And then I got my ass kicked that first fight. And I was like, I was stuck with maybe I was wrong. You know, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe every, every fear and doubt that I had was there to tell me I shouldn't have been doing this. But again, I realized I have a choice to make, which was maybe I can't be the best in the world. Maybe I can't be the greatest of all time, but I'm never going to know how good I can be unless I keep moving forward and refuse to give up. I don't know where that is. I might not be the best in the world. I might not even be the best in this gym, but I'm never going to know unless I actually do the work and push myself. And I just viewed everything as that. I'm never going to know till I, until I, unless I refuse to give up. I refuse to give up no matter what happened to me, no matter how difficult it got, no matter how many injuries I had, no matter how many losses I had, no matter how much pain I was in. I refuse to give up because giving up is the one guarantee of failure. That's the only thing that I view as actual failure because any other loss or difficulty can be used to get better and to get stronger. But when you give up, you've, you've committed to that. That's the guarantee in life is if you, if you just ch choose not to go forward. What sort of like drove you, Kevin? Like you, your first drive was you just wanted to get into the ring. Then you wanted to get your first win. Then you wanted to win your first championship. Like what kept you going? And then what keeps you going now? Yeah, I actually never really thought or even cared that much about titles or anything like that it was always i want to continue to push myself i want to continue to see how far i can take this how good i can be i want to live my life knowing that i'm on borrowed time and that we are all on borrowed time we we just don't think about it very much I'm like who's guaranteed that a second from now nobody is you you could die right this second we're so like used to living that we don't think it's ever going to end you know or we think 
yeah, I know everyone's like, oh, I know I'm going to die one day, but it's probably not going to be till I'm 99 years old and I'm laying in bed and I, I've retired, done everything I wanted to do in my life. Yet we waste so much time. Like you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You don't even know what today is going to be. That was always that a big driving force for me, knowing how much of my life I had wasted, how much of everything that I had wasted. I, I've always felt that since turning my life around, a sense of responsibility to live my life for the life that I wasted and also the life that I promised to live for my friend. And, and I also think about just how many people didn't get to live, don't get to live. How many people had all these dreams and hopes and desires and that for whatever reason, they just didn't get to do it. I feel a sense of responsibility to push myself because of that. I think about like kids in the cancer wards and stuff like that, like they would fucking kill to just be doing the things that I'm suffering through right now. I can't complain about this. I can't waste my life. I've already, I've wasted so much. Like, how dare you waste your life? How dare you waste your life when there's so many people who just have nothing, you know, and don't even, don't even have a life or just an awful, awful existence. And we have so much, so much. Everyone has so much. I mean, like the, the poorest person, you know, is probably richer than a giant majority of the world. We just have such a skewed perspective because of everything that, you know, that we're just like spoiled brats. And it's, it's hard not to be, you know, it's, it's hard to have that perspective unless you intentionally give it to yourself and ma make it a habitual thing, like being habitually grateful for every day that you wake up. Like so many people didn't wake up today. So many people aren't healthy today. You know, so many people don't have all their limbs today. Uh, every other thing you can think of it's uh but again, we get, we get so used to living, we get so used to being comfortable, we get so used to complaining about things that don't matter. You know, we, we have a very limited perspective on reality. We just need to zoom out a little bit. We think that Earth is the center of the universe. <laughs> like, just zoom out like a little bit. You don't have to, you don't even have to get out of our galaxy. You know, it's we're just like this tiny little uh, nothing in the vast realm of existence. So you know, have some perspective and it'll help things a little bit. That's so true. When you said look at like that, not like nothing matters really. And our time in, on earth is it's so little and so minuscule. Like I was just thinking about like children and like how do I sort of have children and sort of give them the same perspective. But if we look in the grand scheme of things, even if my kids end up being ungrateful, like it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But obviously <laughs> I'd love for them to have the same amount of gratitude but it's tough like how do you give your kids the same adversities um have the same sort of difficulties have them like you know i came from a low income family and that sort of drove me to sort of get stronger like i'm now surrounded by sort of more wealthy families and their children and a lot of their children like they didn't grow up being surrounded by friends with parents that are split up like that's not normal to them it was really normal to me and i was like i'd, I'd be scared if like I'd want my kid to not be that soft. Yeah, it's difficult, right? You almost feel like maybe I should give my child a really hard life because yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna prepare them for what reality is. But again, it's I think it's all about that balance of things. You can't hand anyone everything. You have to learn to earn things, you know. And, ju and just like you said, like it, it's easy to look the the vastness of everything and think that nothing matters, but it, that can also make you appreciate and, and see how much everything 
matters. And it's like learning to let go, but that doesn't mean you don't care anymore. You know, I think, I think those can be easily confused. You know, I'm a very stoic kind of person and it might seem like, like I don't care sometimes or things don't bother me. Like, of course, of course they do. Of course they do. It's not like I don't have emotions. You know, I just learn to maybe process them a little bit quicker. And I, learn to not let them steer me into these extreme directions or one way or the other uh, and understanding how we can throw so many things off just by being in that moment, you know, and thinking like our world is crumbling and, you know, it probably isn't, you know, it's probably not, you know, if you just hold on a little bit longer, a couple more days, you'll probably be okay. So yeah, it is tough. And how do you actually, instill that in people it's so difficult so many things that are positive in life are the more difficult things it's harder to live a healthy life it's harder to live a strong being a strong person a confident person a person that puts themselves out there and tests themselves it's so much easier to do nothing but again you're, you're going to pay for it one way or another you want to pay for it with the work you want to pay for it with the regret so either way it's going to cost you life is expensive it's going to cost you your life what are you going to do with it it's a um encouraging people and the more vocal you can be about these things that's always so important to me coming up in my career to be very vocal about all the stuff that i was going through about all my doubts and failures and losses like the first highlight video i ever had put together i had the first five minutes was just me getting the shit kicked out of it because it's like i you watch all these highlight videos and you get a very skewed perspective of what it's like to be a fighter and you think i could never be that good like that's just perfection you know like i want to see what you look like when you're getting the shit beat out of you and how you handle yourself when things aren't going your way you know and again showing people that the uh, the full spectrum of what it is to do this what it is to be successful at anything is most of it a lot of it's failure you fail your way to success you fail your way into anything nobody just like runs up to the top of the mountain it's like yeah here i am because if you do you're going to get knocked off that mountain really really fast that's why, you know, it's like you don't ever really want to be handed anything in life because if you're not, because if you haven't earned it, you're never going to know how to keep it. You're never going to know how to get it back if you lose it and you're going to lose it at some point. <laughs> like things are going to go bad at some point. And if you haven't built up the skills necessary to rebuild yourself or to not let this negative thing devastate you so much, you're, you're going to fall way farther than you started from. So yeah, it's like the difficulty paves the way and failure, failure paves the road to success, but we just don't think it does for some, it's like, I think we know that, but we just, when we're doing it, we assume it should be different. Like this shouldn't be so hard. It's going to be, everything's hard. Everything's hard, especially good things. One thing that like, I just thought of as you were sharing that, was that I've always been, well, I try to be good at just sharing my flaws, my difficulties, things I'm feeling, just being open. Like, man, like sometimes even till this day, I, I struggle to get out of bed because it's so nice and comfy. As I'm saying these things, I'm sort of, maybe it's, it's what you said, I'm being more aware of my failures and failures are what lead to success. So as I'm more vocal about it, and I think that's one of your strengths, you're really vulnerable and you're vocal about all your failures. That sort of just allows you to use the failures as fuel and have it really turn into experience whereas the people a lot of people just keep pushing forward and they don't really acknowledge or they're sort of 
it's hard for them to be vocal about their failures. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard for for all of us. We don't want we don't want to talk about our our failures, but our failures can be our greatest strengths. You know, and just like gaining strength in anything, just do just doing a little bit more than you did yesterday. You don't have to all of a sudden be this incredibly strong person that that nothing affects. You know, it's like when something happens, can I make, can I be a little bit better this time than it was last time? And then do it again. And then do it again. Success is habitual. Everything, everything in success is habitual. It's repetition. You got to put the reps in, in anything you want to get stronger at. If you want to get stronger, you have to <laughs> build up. You know, if, if you want to do it with weights, there's no shortcut to, to getting stronger. If somebody gives you that weight, you're not ready for it. It's going to destroy you. And it's the same way with anything you want to be better at in life. You can't just, you can't skip your way to success. You know, you, there's no shortcut where they say there's no shortcut. There's no elevator to success. You have to take the stairs. You have to, like we all have to. And the thing too is the process is always the same, no matter who it is. All right. The details and the circumstances may be different, but the only way anyone has ever become successful or strong or better is by putting in the work, refusing to give up, taking every failure as a lesson and move forward from that. That's it. It's very, very simple in that aspect. I mean, go back and read anybody, any successful person's life story. And I guarantee you, you'll be blown away at how many times they've failed and fell and doubted themselves over and over and over. I mean, there's, there's an infinite number of examples of that. Again, that's why I was also tried to be vocal about it. Cause I want you to know that I am doing, I'm not different than you. I'm not different than you at all. I just choose to be something different than you with those failures with those difficulties with those doubts that's it but you can do it too anybody can do it so one of the sort of failures or mistakes that i went through recently and i'd love to get your thoughts on it was early in my career i was grinding it out i was doing a lot of repetition i was doing e-commerce videos on youtube every single day i was waking up early every single day i was meditating every single day and after two three years Things started clicking in, I started making money, and I was starting to get in a really, really good spot. But things just felt so repetitive, and I don't know if I got into this comfortable state where I got a bit jaded, and I think a lot of competitors might go through the same way. It was like, life is short, like, why should I be waking up early every morning? Why should I be meditating? Like, like I, I want to e-commerce is starting to get boring and repetitive i want to start creating videos on traveling i want to do personal development content i want to be able to wake up when i'm rested not wake up at the same time every day and then i go through this two-year period of like ups and downs i'm sort of working harder when i need money i'm working less when things are okay um i'm maybe waking up at the same time for like one week and then something a party happens and then i'm back to normal and then i'm just like all over the place and then i'm traveling I'm, i think i'm chasing happiness i think i'm doing what i love i'm trying to sort of not live life as a robot because i felt like a robot just before i sort of broke off finally starting this year i sort of snapped back into it like i'm waking up the same time every day i'm meditating i'm, I'm reading every night i'm sort of consciously not consuming content every day and, and i'm at a really 
good spot. Like the highs aren't as high, the lows aren't as low, but I'm sort of mellowed out and it's consistent and it's nice. But I could see myself, future Andy, five years from now, after doing this for five years straight, be like, why am I doing this for five? Like, why am I doing this with this, the limited amount of time I have left? And I forget how happy I am right now. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously it's difficult. To, I think that it's important to know where that level is for you, where that balance is for you. It's like certain aspects of, of work and grinding and progressing and that are beneficial to you. And But when it's only about that, you know, you get so fixated on the progress, but not what, what is that coming with? You know, it's like, it's like gaining wealth. Like there's no end to wealth. As soon as you get a certain uh, point of wealth, you're going to want higher and higher and higher. And it's never, ever, ever going to end. So it's, if you're always looking to this external thing to find your, your happiness and your peace, you're never, you're never going to find it. If you can't find it now, finding that balance. And I think, understanding what what all these things come with you know if if like what is the work that you're doing what is it that that brings you happiness and peace and it's like if you're only doing things that bring you happiness and peace peace bring to sit on the couch drinking all day and like or like sitting on the beach like it's not just about feeling good all the time and you know it's it's you're supposed to be doing difficult things that's what everything comes with like you you have to be put pushing yourself and working hard it's like the work is the reward almost you know uh, it's kind of like like in fighting you're always you're always looking to that fight and then as soon as it happens it's over like in an instant you know it's like it's and you're right back to where you were in the beginning i used to almost like try to rush through train not necessarily rush through it but it's like i just can't wait until the fight is here you know i can't wait until it's here like i just want this training to be over with the grind like fuck man <laughs> this is so shitty like just like every day like my body's killing me i'm like waking up at the butt crack of dawn every day i'm like suffering so much like all i want to do is get in the ring and then it happens and it's gone in a blink of an eye uh, and that's why like a lot of athletes, especially fighters, go through a lot of depression because you're putting all this time and energy into a fraction point in time and then it's gone, you know. And what I inevitably learned was you have to learn to love the process. I mean, the thing you're doing right now is what's getting you to the thing that you love to do. So if you can't learn to love the work, you're never going to love the end result. You have to love, that's why I said you got to learn to love the struggle and the grind and even the really difficult times. Understand that this is what's getting you to that thing that you want to get to, whatever that that is for you. The more that you can appreciate the process of everything, the more you can find those moments of, of happiness and joy and peace. It's like, even when I was in the midst of just the most grueling workouts, I'm just like, this is, I'm literally living my dream right now. I love this so much and i hate it <laughs> i hate it too but i hate it so much that i love it because this is what gets me to the thing that i love i mean i love like if all i could do was just be in the ring and fight i i would just do that <laughs> but that's not reality so and it, not very healthy either you know that you gotta appreciate the whole spectrum because the spectrum is what leads you to that thing that strength that money, that success, that happiness. And it's all, it's all a journey. There's, there's no final destination. You know, it's, it's always, because as soon as you get to that destination, there's something else. There's going to be more, there's always going to be more. So you better learn to be 
happy and appreciative and at peace now. Because if you can't be happy now, you're never going to be happy ever. If you can't be happy with $10, you're not going to be happy with a million. I promise you. <laughs> That's so true. Like I was going to ask, like, how is someone like Mayweather still in the gym today, still sober, still training? But I think you're right. It's He just loves it. He loves because like now there's no end goal. He's not going to go pro again. He's, he's, it's, he's at the end of his stage, but he does it because he loves it. And he still has those exhibition fights. So it does still pay the bills. But yeah, like, do you think he's learned to love it to the point that he's still waking up early and work like in the gym every day? Or was it his passion? He found his painful passion. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm both. I mean, for myself, I still, I work out, I train every day. It's more than just that. It's, it's a thing that keeps me healthy physically, obviously, but mentally and emotionally and spiritually, it's what keeps me balanced and keeps me, it keeps me better in every other aspect of my life, you know, cause it's like doing that difficult thing holds you accountable. You know, I, I'll, I don't have to get up and go run. I don't have to go work out. I don't have to do that. I don't have this fight coming up that I have to be prepared for or someone's going to kill me. Mm. Now I'm, I'm, it's like, I'm training for life. Now I have to do this because pushing myself in this allows me to push myself in every other thing It keeps me from getting too lazy or too complacent or too, too comfortable. You know, as you said, we, we live very comfortable lifestyles it's important to make yourself uncomfortable. It's important to do very difficult things, whether that's working out or getting up early or jumping in a nice cold river, or whatever, doing something scary. It's like you want to do scary, difficult things because that's the only way to get stronger. And we've become, we've become such a weak, weak society because, because of that, because we are so spoiled. We have we haven't had to be strong, but eventually that check's gonna come, and you're not gonna be able to pay it. And unfortunately, that's a very prevalent thing right now. Where we've almost gone too far to the other side of the extreme. We've become very very soft, very victim minded, you know. And again, because there of course is things you can point to as to I am a victim of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, everyone's a victim of, of something. But that doesn't give you an excuse to not push yourself and not to be better and uh, just sit in that as if as if the world owes you something. Nobody owes you shit. I think you're right. I need to start really shifting the way I see, you know, my cold showers, reading every night, meditating, waking up at the same time. Not as something I need to do in order to be successful, but something I just need to do in order to just be happy and healthy. Have it just like treat it like exercise. Yeah, I mean that's that's how I view it. it. Because it can become, if it's a repetitive thing and you have no mentality or thought process behind it, that's that's not good. Maybe you need to push yourself harder. You know, maybe you need to wake up earlier. And even sometimes you sometimes we need to take a step back and just not do it. I think we fail to realize that sometimes not necessarily rest but adjusting our gears a little bit is important sometimes like i said taking a step back that doesn't mean stopping you know it doesn't mean you have to stop maybe stopping what you're actually doing but you, you got to do something even if it's uh just taking a break from the world and the technology and everything and just going out uh, in the middle of nowhere for a minute you know and just oh man it's like completely altered it's like 
you know, it's like when you travel to a third world country and then you come back, you're like, oh shit, changing your perspective for a minute, I think is really, really vital, important, particularly when we get stuck in the monotony of routines, even very healthy routines. You can, it can become very robotic and you've lost your connection and you've lost your presence to the moment. It's just, I just do this, 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 and then that's it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think even even more so on things that are health. Unfortunately, you know, I, I actually got to a kind of a slump of that during part of my career. It was like I was just kind of going through the motions, you know, I was doing the work, but I wasn't present. You know, I wasn't really in the moment in these things. Certainly, like when you fight, you don't really have a choice because you <laughs> you have to be in the moment. You have to be present. That's one of the beautiful things about fighting is you're never more present than you are in a moment when someone's threatening your health and safety and, and life in a lot of ways. Uh, but you can't always have that extreme external thing to get you into that point. Like you need to be able to do that when you're just sitting in the middle of, uh, of the beach, you know, when the sun's on your face, like, can you be present there too? Like that's, and it's an acquired skill. You know, it's not something you just have. You have to work at it. You have to try, like meditation. You, can't, you don't just like meditate one day and like, oh, I got it. You get to practice it. It's it's difficult to do. It's difficult to let all the noise go. And yeah, it's hard, but it's worth it. Difficult things are difficult because they're worth it. All right. I think when I was looking back to just before that two years sort of, you know, all over the placeness, it was like I was getting to my chair, I was sitting down. I was not feeling the work. I didn't want to get any work done. I was not motivated. I knew if I started some work and built momentum, by the end of the day, things would be okay. So I would robotically push through. And then just like I had this routine, it was repetitive and I turned into like a literal robot. And then I think that's sort of why I sort of went on, on like a two year, it could have been much shorter now looking back, but I think you're right. Like this time around, I want to make sure that you know, now I'm 60 days in, I want to make sure by day 200, 300, day 500, I haven't turned into this sort of robot that's just automatically doing all the, the, the healthy things that's needed. And, and I need to start practicing, you know, presence now. Yeah, for sure. You can always practice it no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are throughout the day. Sometimes in the most difficult times is when it's the best because that it's, it's so hard to do. Like if you can be present in the middle of a crowd of noise and traffic and, um, you know, like when you're when you're driving and you find yourself getting frustrated, that's that's a perfect opportunity to do it. You know, it's like when things are hard. Like, can you be, can you just let go and be present uh, and to find your peace and, and to be in the moment, you know, find presence in the chaos. That's where the, the strength really lies. I'm just thinking about like being present. It's like a whole different skill set to perspective and gratitude. It's completely different and both is needed. And I'm like, wow, there's like a lot for me to work on. There's a lot for all of us to work on. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. Um, but again, the, the simplification of those things, you know, it allows you to have some perspective on it and to understand like you can do it. You just got to do the work, make, put the steps in place and go through the process. And it's all about just taking the steps with everything. You gotta, there's no, you can't cheat it. You can't just have it. It's like, I just want, I just want to be more grateful right now. Well, yeah, good job. <laughs> but it's not sustainable. Like you didn't actually get stronger. You just like in that moment, you're like, yeah, everything's great. Uh, but you gotta, you gotta work.
you got to put the work in. Kevin, what sort of your current chapter, what stage of life are you at now? What are you currently focused on? Uh, I'm in a weird, weird transitional period. I mean, I reti- my retirement fight was a year and a half ago. Um, still, still training, still teaching, um, which is what I love to do. Uh, so that's nice. You know, I still get to do that. I started doing some motivational speaking, which is such a, again, just like fighting for me, like being, like talking is so far away from, like, I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> like, I, I just want to sit down and not say a word and like be at peace with myself. But uh, yeah, I did my first uh, speaking gig last year in uh, Chicago. Yeah, it was, it was a trip, man. It was, but it was the same kind of process as fighting was in so many ways. You know, it's like, you just got to do the work. You got to put the time in. You got to face these fears that you have. And, you know, it's like, and, and it was funny because the things I was communicating to the people, while I was like, I have to do all these things that I'm telling you to do. Like, I have to do it. You know, uh, there was so many, I was like, I don't want to do this, man. This is like, fuck, this is too much. I don't think I can do this. And it's like, just reading what I wrote, what I was going to give a speech about, like, you need to take your own advice. Because if you can't take your own advice, you can't tell other people to do it. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really great, man. I have really, really enjoyed it. And I'm doing another one in uh, July in Chicago. I write, I, I've got a couple of books, uh, books on my life and stuff. So that's some, I've kind of, I dabble in a little bit of everything. You know, as I said, I went to school for computer animations. So I've been an artist my whole life. Um, and I kind of apply that to everything, my fighting, my actual art, my writing, yeah, I, I, I like to dabble in a little bit of everything. Kind of a renaissance man, I like to consider myself. That's so cool. Did you feel like there was just like the moment you transitioned, there was just a vacuum of time that just opened up and you're like, what do I do with all this time? <laughs> no, no, actually. Because um, <laughs> I just went from one thing to another thing. It was a process, the transition over the last couple of years to when I actually retired with so many things that happened. I mean, I'd been in the sport for so long. I was basically on my third generation of fighters and I was still doing it. So they're like, everyone, everyone I was training with, I was helping get better. You know, it's like, I kind of got to that point. It was just like, it was just it, so much had changed, you know, and I, and I had done so much in the sport. I was like, I'm just doing this because I love to do it. You know, I've like, what else can I do? But, but I did still love it. But eventually it was, do you love it enough to put the work in? Do you love it enough to sacrifice what you have to sacrifice? And is it worth it to you? It was like, cause I'm always, I'm never not going to love it. I'd go fight right now. I would love to, but am I willing to put in the work necessary? The thing that happens a lot with fighters is they always want to fight, but then they don't want to do the work. So that's why you see them go out there and just, put on really bad performances and, you know, get knocked out a couple of times and drag it out for a couple of years and then finally retire. And from day one, I was like, I don't ever want to be that person. I want to go out on my own terms. I want to, I want to do it right. Cause part of me was like, yeah, I want to fight forever. And I don't mind being that person because at least I get to do, at least I get to keep doing this, you know, but at the same time, I've always felt again, that sense of responsibility to be a show people the way to do it like if retire right like do it right you know don't don't just drag this out you know you want to be an example to the people coming up under you because 
I didn't have someone to look up to that had done this before me, an American that started as late as I did, that, that was able to achieve the things that I did. So I've always known that I, the one kind of paving that path in this country. So I felt an, an incredible amount of um, uh, responsibility to do things right, you know? So once I kind of got to that point, I was like, all right, I'm going to, this is going to be my last fight. Win, lose, or draw, this is going to be my last fight. Because what, what I, one thing that happens a lot of times is people like say they're going to retire. And then if they win, they're like, oh, I still got it. And then if they lose, like, I don't want to go out on, on a loss. So then that cycle repeats forever until somebody like has a sit down with them. Like, yeah, you're killing yourself or, or whatever. So that was actually, I was actually very grateful to be able to go out the way that I did. I mean, to be in the sport as long as I did, and then to actually be able to say, this is my last one. You know, I didn't get taken out from an injury or concussion or anything like that. I, I got to go out on my own terms. I got to go out doing the sport that I loved. Uh, and, and it was so great too, because it was right after uh, the lockdown, like two years of all that stuff. And we, it was out in Florida. So it was like this huge gathering of everyone because there hadn't been any fights in the country for like two years. So it was really just the greatest. It was just the greatest thing ever. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I got stopped and everything and, you know, I didn't win, but I couldn't have asked for more, you know, I mean, shit, my whole fucking career is like that. Like I couldn't ask for that. I never thought I was going to have one fight and here I am. 20 years later with 75 fights and having done all the things that I did, like you can't complain about that. What you can't complain about it. Like I'm so happy and so grateful for everything that I've got to do. And then with that, just transitioned right into the rest of life. It's not like we, we look at the end of something in our life as such a finality that they're like, my life's over. Like, well, you're still alive. So obviously it's not over. You know, what are you going to do next? Like, what do you, you've built up so much, you've gained so much experience and you've developed so much. You can, you have such a unique skill set that nobody has now because of what you've accomplished and what, what you've done with your life. Now the question is, what what's the next thing? What are you going to do with that? So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now and just kind of dabbling on with a little bit of everything and just seeing where things go, you know, and that, that opportunity to speak came up last year. And it was something that I always thought about doing, but I never really, really thought I would actually do it. You know, it didn't, didn't seem like something that I would really do. And I wasn't going to push myself to do, but it just, a door opened up to do it. And I was like, well, shit, that's, that's the door. I guess, I guess I better walk through it because I, I kind of asked for it. What was the experience like doing the Joe Rogan show? Was that the first time you're on? Like, how was that? Uh, no, I was on him twice. I was on there twice. Mm. Uh, so the first one was maybe five years ago. I was actually on there with uh, one of my other buddies that I trained with. And the first one was, it was a lot more geared around fighting and Muay Thai and my journey and everything. And then the one two years ago was very different. That one was tough because... The first one where I just went on there, we just shot the shit. You know, we talked about fighting. It was just casual. But the second one was much more personal. You know, I talked about my life so much more. The the really hard part was prior to that, I had wanted to find a way to tell my story and share kind of the things I had gone through. I was like, man, like, again, just like with the fighting, I was like, I felt a sense of responsibility to 
to share and communicate these things that don't ever get talked about, you know? And I was like, how am I going to do it? Maybe I can go talk to a, a class or something. And then Joe hit me up and then asked me to be on his show again. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can do that. But at the same time, I was like, I was looking for an opportunity and like the biggest opportunity on planet earth shows up. I'm like you can't, you can't not do it now. Like you asked for this. Uh, the, the, I think the hardest part was opening that conversation up. You know, it's not like he, he knew about it. So it was like, I had, you know, the conversation was going and I was like, how am I just going to like open? It's like, it's not you, like you can ease into that conversation. Like it just, it doesn't come up naturally, you know? So that was, that was really hard to do. You can actually go back and watch. And there's a few times I, I try to like bring it up and I'm like, yeah, shit. I was fucking like nervous, man. It was, it was hard. It was really hard, but I'm so glad and so grateful. And like so many people that contacted me afterwards, it was, it was a really gigantic uh, thing. Yeah. Cause I recently had another guest on, he was like an archery guy and he was also in the Joe Rogan show and he was recently on it and things just blew up afterwards. Like he had like athletes reaching out to him, asking him for like training. It was, it's insane. Like I, I, every time I've talked to anyone from the show, it's like, it's really, it made a dent. Yeah, pretty amazing what he's done with his show. And, you know, you go back and watch, he started in his, like, garage with his little computer. Just goes to show you what, you know, you stick to something, you just keep working, keep pushing yourself. Shit, you never know where you're going to end up. Kevin, the last thing I want to get your advice on is, you know, there's days where I wake up and I'm not motivated, and then my mind says, hey, you're tired, you're burnt out, let's take the day off and just rest and recover. And I don't know if the devil or the angel is telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always, my thing is, it's just like, I like talk shit to myself when I do that. I'm like, you're being, I'm like, you're being such a bitch right now. I'm like, yeah. because like one, like I've been through so many injuries and things. I'm like, you have nothing to complain about right now. You're just, oh, you're tired or you're sore. Like, you should be grateful to be sore. Like, get your fucking ass up. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I usually, like, we'll just kind of talk. I mean, I, I don't have to anymore because it's just, I can't even, I can't even rest when I want to rest. Like, I want to just sleep in. Like, I need to sleep in today. And I, I just can't. It's impossible for me. Like, my my brain, like, I think because I done have done it for so long, 20 years of it, it's so habitual that I can't turn it off, you know? which is good and bad. You know, it's, it's good because it keeps me from ever being lazy, but sometimes you do need that break. Uh, but Hey, you know, I mean, we all have different motivations. You just got to find out what that is. I used to um, put my opponent's picture on the ceiling. So when I'd wake up, I'd see them like, yeah, you don't want, you don't want to get up and go run right now. It's like, I'm fucking running. And I, so I would, I would plaster my opponent's picture all over the place or, something like that you know something motivational I, I used to have a picture up of this kid i used to give uh donate charity to that was going through chemo and cancer and everything it's like like anytime you don't have motivation like think about that shit and you're gonna get off your ass pretty quick it's, it's not hard to find motivation <laughs> just find something that works for you you know something you can't ignore that's beautiful kevin where can people find more about your journey listen to you follow you along what's the best place for people to check you out um so my website is the uh that's got all my merch 
uh, my books, um, my gear and stuff. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. My It's a the Soul Assassin with the D-A, Soul Assassin. Um, and I'm pretty easy to track down and find. <laughs> Look me up on YouTube or whatever. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, check, check out my stuff. And hit me up anytime. Thank you so much for your time today, Kevin Russell. I, I really appreciate the time. I can, you know, you're so like open, kind, vulnerable, and like you're a super chill dude. But at the same time, I can tell like you've just been through so much. Like I wouldn't want to mess with you, even though you're calm, chill, and collected. I, I can see that. Like I'm not like you sort of know what you're doing and you sort of have this confidence in yourself and, and you sort of just love you and love your own time and i can definitely relate with that and, and i really appreciate your time today hey i appreciate you having me on it's been really nice to talk to you thank you very much kevin um this is another episode of the podcast if you guys made it this far thank you so much for your time i really really appreciate it please let me know your thoughts drop a review on google and spotify i've been reading every sort of review i'd love to get feedback on these episodes and yeah again thank you. i know these episodes sometimes are long so if you made it this far Thank you so much for watching and hope you guys got some value and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.